Hello again, Pats Nation, and welcome to the latest and always greatest edition of Six Rings and Football Things, a presentation of WEEI Odyssey and 2400 Sports. On today's show, we get you ready for a return of the rivalry. I got to put my NFL Films voice on to try to get myself pumped up for this game because I hate to say it, but I feel like we've got uh, a wrestling match between a couple of teams that have just lost their way. We got, I mean, this, this is a, this is an alley fight between a couple of, <laughs> between a couple of people with broken legs. Uh, your four and four new England Patriots coming off of a win. That was more the other team losing against the jets face off against a Colts team that just replaced their rent a QB and Mac Ryan, who we broke years ago with Sam Ellinger, six round pick second year quarterback out of Texas. Oh, and they just fired their offensive coordinator as well. And they're as, if not more banged up than you or the average NFL team. Long gone are the days of early November, Brady versus Manning, smashing the Nielsen record ratings and the energy and enthusiasm that you used to just long for and plug into. Now it's, hey, one of these teams might hopefully find their identity this season, and the other one could probably go through significant roster and coaching changes. Let's hope it's the Colts as opposed to the Patriots. So to help us get ready for the Colts side of the ball and to uh, peek behind enemy lines, enemy lines that uh, didn't like whenever we used to peek into them or deflate them, if you will, years ago, uh, we talk now with the host of the Locked On Colts podcast, Jake Arthur, who joins us from Indianapolis to tell us about the stampeding state of affairs behind Colts Blue and the Horseshoe. Take a listen. To get us geared, prepped, and ready to rock for Colts Patriots Week, the greatest rivalry that has definitely fallen on harder times, <laughs> we welcome in from the Locked On Colts podcast, the one and only Jake Arthur. You can follow him at Jake Arthur NFL, and of course, he is the host of at Locked On Colts. Jake, to think that 15 years ago, we used to look forward to Brady Manning, the greatest mano a mano rivalry, I would say, not mm -hmm. just in the NFL, but for so long in all of sports. And then flash forward to the vitriol and enmity of Deflategate. And then even sprinkle in a little bit of Chris Ballard's famous, the rivalry is back on with Josh mm -hmm. McDaniels pulling out at the last minute from coaching the Indianapolis Colts. Side note, you guys may have uh, dodged a bullet on that one. Looks like it. <laughs> to now... Ellinger versus Jones, two franchises wondering who their future quarterback will be, two franchises looking for a spark, a direction. It's just crazy to think this is the state of Colts and Patriots in 2022. Yeah, it really is. I mean, the 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 definite end of a couple of of eras. Brady obviously moving on to uh to Tampa. And on this side of it, we hoped Andrew Luck would just kind of take the torch and, and move along with it. But even when he was here and healthy, he didn't have the success against the Patriots that we'd hoped for. Uh, but yeah, it's it's different. Uh, Mac Jones maybe can still be the guy for you guys, lead you to some some long-term success. Uh, jury's still very much out on Snellinger after, after one start. <laughs> I can't believe you guys aren't excited about 4-4 four and four versus 3-4-1. Four and one. I mean, isn't that... Uh... That's very similar to when Manning and Brady used to meet in November and both were undefeated or both had like yeah. one loss. <laughs> um, yeah. So big picture question before we start to dive into the game, like with Ellinger, 
you know, being whatever he's going to be for the next year or whatever, this tryout, wherever this goes, is there is there pressure on Frank Reich and and Ballard to, you know, figure this quarterback situation out? Are they on a, a warm seat, a hot seat? Do they have the total, you know, control of the organization moving forward? What is their status? Uh, I think it would be crazy to think that they're not on the hot seat. Um, Jim Irsay has kind of given his stamp of approval for what we assume just means this season. Uh, there was a report that came out over the weekend, last weekend, uh, Chris Mortensen and I think uh, Ian Rappaport basically saying uh, Frank Reich is safe, and you know Frank and Chris are kind of tied at the hip a little bit. Uh, they share they share the amount of blame that's going on right now, really. Uh, but I, to me, I don't think that means that the off season makes them safe. Like I think they they just don't want to make any big changes during the season. They've, they've already made some, obviously the quarterback change. And they just fired their offensive coordinator on on uh, Tuesday, but yeah, I uh, I think the pressure is on to to perform. The quarterback situation has to get figured out uh, because that that's kind of one area that Ursay has been seething about. Is that it's almost comical what's happening at quarterback? Like you're you're renting other teams' old quarterbacks at this point for a year or two. It worked with Philip Rivers for the year, but he unfortunately retired. I think they wanted him for at least another year. Uh, they hoped Matt Ryan would be here two, maybe three years, but obviously his performance was not up to the level to invest in that. Now, it's not all his fault. I think if the Colts offensive line would have been good enough that he would have played well enough also. Um, but yeah, he's not the type of guy that's going to be able to constantly escape pressure. So bringing in someone like Ellinger who can move his feet, that definitely helps but um they would it it would be beneficial for them to luck into ellinger being the guy but i don't know i think he's going to be all right and look like a a pretty decent backup like a chase daniel type someone who can stick around for a while but my initial impression is that he probably won't be the long-term guy in a lot of ways it kind of i kind of can't help but wonder if Let's say Bailey Zappi is the New England Patriots Sam Ellinger right now. And uh-huh. we got a taste of that for a couple of games out of necessity because Mac Jones and then subsequently Brian Hoyer were injured. So in comes Zappi. He actually injects some life into the team and the season and the fan base for a while. And thus a debate was born because Mac has had a difficult time staying on the field at first, staying on the field as well as uh, keeping the ball out of the hands of the opponent. So now there's a little bit of a what have we been calling it, Andy? Like an opinion war, if you will, back here on Mac yeah. Jones. Should it be Mac or Zappy? And if it's Mac, is he regressing due to the coaching staff and the weaponry around him? Or is he just not gelling to this altered Patriots scheme? Um, I'm curious what uh, what people outside of the AFC East, but still in the AFC and a rival like that in the Indianapolis Colts, think of Mac Jones, Bailey Zappy, and what the Patriots have been going through this year. Yeah, it's it's really curious because I I think they're probably similar situations to the Colts. You know, like how much of the, of the issues is caused by the turmoil at you know things like the coaching staff and instability there. Because I I thought I read a report about you know Mac being like what's what's up with the offensive coaching staff basically something I guess said in confidence probably. But you know you've got mm-hmm. some defensive and special teams guys coaching him up right now, so. It's, it's very curious. I definitely think that they're not viewed as the same old Patriots. Like Bill Belichick is still very much a defensive genius, but I don't think he still has the like 
the pass on everything where everything's just going to be all right. Like I think new England feels more vulnerable uh, to opponents now than ever. Cause like the Colts just beat them last year. Now, personally, I don't think the Colts have as good of a chance now as they did last year against new England. I'm not as confident. Um, but I definitely don't think they're viewed as like the same old Patriots that are going to punch you in the mouth every single week. Beyond the quarterback position, which obviously we know is the most important position in football, and almost regardless of what else you have, you lead to winning and losing depending on that position. But you look at the Colts roster, there's a lot of talent, right? Obviously, mm-hmm. Taylor is a great running back. Quentin Nelson, one of the best offensive linemen, young talent. I think Leonard is coming back, and, and you look at Buckner. Bill Belichick put Buckner in the same sentence as Aaron Donald yesterday. So he clearly – it was Wednesday, so he fluffs people up. Right. I don't know if he totally believes that, but – he clearly was sort of raving and it was interesting. He spent his whole time talking about the Colts, talking about the talent more than talking about the production or the execution or what they've actually done this year. Mm-hmm. Is it safe to say that just in general, they're not playing up to their, their roster, their talent that the, 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 the execution, the three, four and one, even regardless of quarterback, like they're not living up to their paychecks. Yeah, it's kind of a little bit of everything. Uh, you're you're kind of starting to realize how important it is for the guy next to you to be performing at a high level so that each of these key players can kind of, you know, th- their full potential can bloom. Like Quentin Nelson, for example, when he had Anthony Costanzo on his left side, a very a high-quality left tackle, that's when he was at the top of his game. And now that you have this revolving door of left tackles that are – the the play overall has been terrible for the last couple of years. He does not look like himself. I don't know if he has to overcompensate for the things that are going on around him. Um, but DeForest Buckner, um, he's, he's started to come along as well. He had a slow start to the season, but he looks excellent. Grover Stewart does as well. I think that they help each other for sure. It'd be nice for the, the edge rushers to be performing at a higher level to help them out. Quiddy pay has been banged up for the last few weeks though. So he hasn't been out there, but in general, you know, I think part of it's coaching and the players and they just haven't meshed yet. Like Kenny Moore is a good example. Uh, there would be very little argument that he was a top one or two slot defender in the league coming into coming into late last season. But this year and the last couple of games of last season, he just has not looked like himself. And kind of the vibe you get from talking to him and and just the the new scheme under Gus Bradley maybe he's not a terrific fit in it like the Colts used to run a lot of zone and they told their players to rely on your instincts and athleticism and just like go make plays and a lot of guys thrived in that environment uh Shaquille Leonard Kenny Moore were two great examples uh but now when there's more I guess thinking involved in this system and there's more uh necessities and things you're supposed to accomplish on each play guys probably just aren't playing as free and they're thinking a little harder. So lots of coaching turnover uh, coming into this year. Part of that is because guys are getting poached for promotions on other roster or on other teams and everything. But yeah, I think it's taken a while for players to settle in with their new coaches as well. Uh, I just don't, maybe it's a comfort level thing. I'm not sure. Geez, the more we talk about the state of the Colts, the flux and transition you guys are in, the more this is starting to seem like a real funhouse mirror game where uh, each team like is resembles each other, I think, a little bit more than Colts fans would like to hear and or Patriots fans would mm-hmm. like to hear as well. But 
I, I think we're finding out health on the defensive line mixed in with offensive line instability and quarterback uncertainty is not exactly a recipe for success in an AFC that uh, it's big old, uh, big old yeah. L stew right L. there, Andy. Yeah, that's exactly mm. what it is. But that, I mean, like we're, I can't believe these are like, these were pillars of the first two decades in the AFC. And now we find like combined, it's not even a winning record between the two, which is, which is just shocking. Um, I'd be curious to hear uh, a little two-parter here, Jake. Um, what did it? What is it you believe from the outside the Patriots do best, and you think that the Colts are preparing for? And uh, aside from Jonathan Taylor, either side of the ball, what is it right now, halfway through this very janky 2022 season, that the Colts do best? Uh, so, as for the Patriots, something I, I always think they'll be able to accomplish when you play them is. Uh, Bill Belichick being able to take away whatever it is your you, that your team does best, and so for the Colts, normally that would have been running the ball. Um, last year, Jonathan Taylor had plenty of success, over 200 yards. But you know, I think Bill knows in areas they won't be able to stop, so that results in guys like Michael Pittman getting bracketed and taken out of the game plan. And with the Colts not being able to run the ball very well this year, I would say those big outside receivers is what the offense does best. Michael Pittman doing damage. He's had a couple huge games this year. Alec Pierce is really coming on. Uh, so I would expect them to try and take Michael Pittman Jr. away because I don't even know if Taylor's playing this week. Uh, he he re-aggravated that ankle that's been bothering him for most of the year. And so it could be a total makeshift uh, running back room because, of course, Naheem Hines was traded this week. So it could be Deion Jackson. And then on the practice squad, they've got Philip Lindsay, and they just brought Jordan Wilkins back, and they have Devontae Price. So a bunch of guys you've probably not heard of running the ball for the Colts if Taylor can't go. Uh, Belichick probably respects the talent but knows that they can handle it. Uh, so taking that away and and doing a little extra in coverage against Michael Pittman Jr. is what I would expect the Patriots to do. As for the Colts, uh, what I think their game plan should be against uh, New England this week and what I think they could do best is it seems like uh, these quarterbacks that can move their feet and, and get out and run, that's, that's worked against the, the Patriots. Now, Sam Ellinger is not Lamar Jackson and Justin Fields, but... You know, at Texas, for example, he ran a lot. And so we don't really know what the offense is going to totally resemble since they fired their offensive coordinator this week. Reich, Reich is still the play caller, but, you know, I'm sure Brady had some sort of influence over, over the system. Uh, so to me, I think I would institute a run-heavy attack in this game. You know, kind of take what the defense gives you in terms of the passing game, maybe some quick stuff to the tight ends over the middle of the field. Tight ends have been able to have some success against New England's defense also. But I just, I'd try and, and run it a bunch and see if it works. If not, uh, hopefully Pittman and, and Alec Pierce are getting open. But I, I would try and punch them in the mouth on the ground and have Ellinger run it quite a bit as well. And certainly the Patriots' run defense has been susceptible at times this year, certainly susceptible to quarterback runs, designed runs. Mm -hmm. Justin Fields had a Fields day, if you like there the pun. Oh, uh, wow. Okay. I love that was it. A good one. Come on, give me a little I like credit. that a lot. Who's my, um, what is the – I'm intrigued because I bring up the Bears game. So heading into the Bears game, the Patriots were one win better than the Bears, and yet the perception around New England was, oh, we're going to smoke the Bears. They stink. This is a feel-good mm -hmm. 
And it was the opposite. It was a feel-good game for the Bears. They whooped the Patriots. Yeah. And I sense a similar feel this week. It's like the 4-4 four and four Patriots are hosting a team that they're just going to roll. We're much better than the Colts. And I'm like, well, the Colts have three wins and a tie. And the Colts' best win over the Chiefs is better than any win the Patriots have. And so I'm just wondering from a, from a reverse perspective, do it, does Colts fans looking at the Patriots as an equal? Is this an opportunity to get right maybe with a young quarterback? Or is this an uphill battle because we're going to Foxborough? Sort of the, just the general feel of what this matchup is within Colts Nation. I would view, I think they're probably in the same tier. Uh, well, honestly, no. I, I hold the Patriots in higher regard right now okay. a little bit, but it, it's the gap isn't huge. They're they're both underperforming from preseason expectations, uh, but I have I just have more faith in what Bill Belichick can cook up than what the Colts coaching staff can right now. Uh, historically, they've done some nice things under Frank Reich and everything, but it's just not clicking this year. Like there's really no there's nothing you can hang your hat on to say they're going to do this well every week. Can I interrupt you real quick and just ask, so touching on the coaching, they've done things historically, but historically their defensive coordinator is now running the Bears, who just beat the Mm -hmm. Patriots, Mm -hmm. and their offensive coach is now undefeated with the Eagles. Is there um, a feeling that maybe those were sort of the keys to the success and that Frank Reich was just the overseer? Are people missing those those two key assistants more than they might might have thought they would have? I think a real light is starting – to get shown on, on that question. Honestly, people are definitely starting to ask that more. Uh, now Eberflus did always have a really good defense here with the Colts, but it had its limitations. Like it was very predictable, very zone heavy. Uh, but he ate Mac Jones alive last year. Like he, he gave him, he gave him fits for those first three quarters. Yeah. There, there were some instances where they could totally blank some opponents and they were just great matchups for, but then there was always, a handful of games a year where the uh, the opposing quarterback would complete like 85 or 90 percent of their passes and just dink and dunk them to death and some some teams matched up very very well with that defense uh the pass rush always underwhelmed some things are better under gus bradley like the defense the colts defense is still pretty good um some of their defici- deficiencies have come out because the colts offense routinely puts them in terrible spots turnovers uh, there's been some poor punting at times. Like they just don't do the defense very many favors, but it's still a very good team. I would imagine that Gus is going to see what the Colts did well against the Patriots last year and, and institute a good bit of that. Uh, but no, that, that does bring up a great question, especially Sirianni. People miss Sirianni quite a bit. And, you know, mm-hmm. now that, now that Marcus Brady has been let go, people are like, maybe Sirianni had a really heavy influence in there. Cause he, he was Reich's right-hand man offensively. And, man, you, you can't deny what the Eagles have, have done and, and had success with uh, there this year. It's unbelievable, Andy. It looks like we could be heading toward another Nick Folk all-star day for the Patriots. The yeah. Colts, Rodrigo Blankenship, it doesn't turn out to be the guy for you as well. The rent-a-QB yeah. situation is just so curious. I Even I, somebody who loved the on-field histrionics and nonsense from a Philip Rivers forgot because who would have thought like following Andrew Luck, it was Philip Rivers and then Carson Wentz and then <laughs> the ghost of Matt Ryan, who, yeah, yeah I, I agree with you. I don't think it was his fault as well, but sometimes there's a scapegoat and he's been a gentleman about it. And 
Desperate mm-hmm. times call for desperate measures or the insertion of a flyer of a quarterback from Texas who runs more than he throws. But like Andy said, there's that sweat. For some reason, there's still like that lingering Patriots confidence of, ah, that team's not as good and we should be able to roll over them. And the Pats got absolutely brutalized on Monday Night Football by the Bears. They come into this one almost a six-point favorite. Maybe it's the same kind of game, or maybe it's just a, hey, first team to 17, and we'll just shake hands at midfield and call it a day. What do you think? What's your prediction, Jake, as we wrap it up? Yeah, I think I gave I think I gave the Patriots a twenty to thirteen win uh, when when I when I gave my projections yesterday. I think I think both defenses are going to be the stars of the show in this one. I think the offense has clearly struggled. The offensive lines have issues allowing pressure and things like that. Mm-hmm. It could be twenty to thirteen on either side. Uh, I, I think maybe like a defensive touchdown or something could be the difference. Special teams touchdown. Um, but yeah, I'm more confident in the Patriots right now than I am the Colts. Not and not that I think the Patriots are some ascending team or a juggernaut or anything. I just have more confidence in them, and it's a lack of confidence in the Colts right now. <laughs> I think Ellinger makes the offense more watchable, more entertaining, because he can extend plays and he's a little more aggressive downfield, which is nice. Um, but yeah, the the things the Colts used to do well that made the difference in winning and losing, they no longer do those things well. So it's it's hard to count on them. Well, we apologize if we broke Matt Ryan permanently a couple of years ago <laughs> in Super Bowl 51. It's unbelievable, Andy. He was the quarterback of the Colts for 28 weeks and three days exactly until he was pulled. The poor man yeah. will never be able to outrun those numbers. <laughs> oh, it is just cruel. It will be fun, though, to see some old friends like uh, Steph Gilmore, who's had a good season for you guys. Obviously mm-hmm. had a great game against the Broncos. And last year, maybe the hidden MVP of that Colts win on December 18th, Andy, Oh, Raven Trone. Yeah, that's Bubba right. Ventrone. Oh, yeah. man, I love that guy. He was one of my one of my sneaky all-time Patriot favorites from back in the day. Mm. All right, Jake, it's been an absolute pleasure. You can follow him at Jake Arthur NFL. He is the host of the At Locked on Colts podcast. It ain't the same old Colts. It ain't the same old Pats. Not going to be the same kind of game that it used to be. But uh, I guess one of us probably, it, is this like a loser leaves town match? It's pretty bad. You know, we need to spice this up. A little shrimp cocktail from St. Elmo's, a little cocktail sauce right up the nasal passages to open it up for us. Yeah, really opens you up. (laughs) I know. (laughs) This game, like, I like, we used to just get, I used to set my clock to Colts Patriots. And now here all of us are like, it's just, it's just like a couple of grandpas wrestling in a jello pit. It's like, it's it's not going to last very long and it's going to be kind of sad. At least Uh, the weather's supposed to be nice. Supposed to be a nice, beautiful, like, record-setting day at Gillette Stadium. So well, there we, got that we, there we go. We, we got that to, we got that going for us, which is nice. Jake, thanks mm-hmm. so much. Uh, we'll look forward, hopefully, to a good one Sunday. And thanks for your time, brother. Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. Had a good one. Thanks, Jake.